Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Will you open your Bibles if you have if you have a tangible, physical paper Bible with you? Go to the book of Acts, chapter 4. Um, Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts. It's called Acts. It's talking about the Acts, the physical actions of the early church. And, uh, and that's where you see what God is doing then and what he continues to do through us now. We're actually a continuation of that church. And we got to see how they got started, what normal Jesus-following life was like, and how it should be challenging and inspiring us today as the church. If you don't have a Bible, that's cool. You can go there on the YouVersion Bible app. I always tell everybody, make sure you download that. And I'm still surprised later when I talk to people and they're like, oh, I haven't done that yet. I'm like, have you heard me saying it for like a, a year, a solid year now? Thank you, Dan. Somebody's been listening. Anyway, uh, and then if you don't have that, we'll have some stuff up on the screen. I'm trying to help everybody out this morning, but it's going to be good. Um, I want to echo, I'm not redoing announcements, but I'm just, I'm super pumped about our dream team night tonight. And so I really hope, if you're wondering, it does, we're not just doing a second church service, that's not what it is, but our dream team night, we only do three every single year. And so it, it's, a, it's a rare thing, but it is an important thing. And that's where we get our entire dream team together. Uh, we we, we kind of have some crazy fun that we wouldn't normally do on a Sunday morning. And uh, tonight we've got some surprises ready. That's going to be interesting. And uh, I think fun, but mostly interesting, and hopefully the fun will join it. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to dive in. It's going to be powerful. God's going to do some stuff. And we get to share a little bit about what we're anticipating for 2020 and this year to come. And so don't miss out on that. Even if you're not on the Dream Team, you can still come. Yes, if you don't have a lanyard, you still get to come, okay? And so you can hit up social media to find out all the details for the address and stuff like that tonight. But please feel free to join us. And for our Dream Team, do whatever you got to do to get there. It's going to be an incredible night. And, guys, next week, somebody say next week. I'm preaching announcements. Uh, next week is Crew Sunday. So our crew is our small group ministry here at Convo Church. Everybody needs a crew. Everybody thinks they have a crew, but we want to make sure everybody has a crew. Uh, it's cool to do church like this. This is a part of it. But Acts chapter 2 teaches us that you do church like this together, but you also do it in house to house. It's a combo. It's not an either or. It's a combo. And so small group is where you're going to be able to build a lot more close-knit friendships, relationships. You'll be able to see even more noticeable spiritual growth in your own life in those environments. So next week is the week where all of our small groups that are going to be uh, meeting together for the kind of the winter spring season, we're going to be here after the service. You're going to be lining that hallway, and we'll have people to make sure that it's hard for you to leave. Uh, before you're able to, that's a joke, before you're able to see some of the options. But you need a small group. Elbow somebody next to you and say, hey, you need a crew. You need a crew. And we just had a powerful worship. Why are y'all getting, did y'all use all your energy during worship? Y'all are super quiet. Y'all going to have to help me out. Okay. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. We're going to read verse 29 through 33, and you can follow along with me. It says, and now, O Lord, hear their threats. That's a good way to start off, right? They're like, oh boy. It says, and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Strengthen out your, or sorry, stretch out your hand with healing power. Anybody want that this morning? May your miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
And it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then, because there's something that had, there's a reason why, then they preached the word of God with boldness. Verse 32, all the believers, say all, all, not just some, but all of the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that they owned, that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything that they had. And the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God and God's great blessing was upon them all. Father, I pray that in the time that we have this morning, um, God, help us to just remove barriers, open up our minds, open up our hearts. We wanna, we're hungry, God. We wanna learn, we wanna grow, we wanna hear, we wanna receive. So help us to, to catch what it is that you're giving to us this morning. No matter who we are, no matter where we are in this journey of life, in this journey of understanding and following you, Lord, help us to receive what you're trying to give us today by your loving grace in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, so if you're taking notes this morning, the, the title of this message is Can I Get a Refill? Can I Get a Refill? Now, um, I love America. I love our country. We're not perfect, but we're beautiful. We got some good stuff going on. And one of the top ten, maybe sarcastically, one of the top ten things about America is free refills. Free refills. And if you've ever traveled to other countries, it just blows my mind how sometimes in many of the other countries of our globe, they want you to pay for it again when you want a refill. It just blows my mind. But over here, in most situations, if you're empty, you just go get some more. If you're empty, you just go get some more. I love free refills. So here's a little story. I remember back when I was, I think I was maybe 13, 14, and our, our, you know, the church I was growing up in, we had a little, a little stint of time where our tradition after church was everybody went and infiltrated the Olive Garden. And so on this one particular day, me and, and, and my guys, my crew, decided that once and for all, we needed to determine who was the refill king. Shout out to all the, the hosts and the waitresses and the servers out there. If you go out today, please tip generously. Treat them like human beings. Anyway, so it went on. And so my, my particular beverage of choice that day was, uh, was Pepsi. Because Pepsi is better than Coke. Anyway. Thank you. Oh, split down the line there. Had a little, we'll do blind taste testing later. Okay. <clears throat> and so the, the challenge was on. And, and so what we would do, I feel so bad now looking back on this, but we didn't know. And the question, where were your parents? That's a, that's a valid question. Anyway, we would finish a drink. And so we would take the next empty one and we would stack it in the, in the, the one that we had just emptied. We wouldn't let them take it because we had to have a valid, accurate count to know who was the actual champion of the refill. So not trying to brag, but, but I won. And um, my grand total was 10. I know, I know, I didn't know. I didn't know then what I know now, okay? Don't judge me. My parents were at the adult table and I was at the teenage table. That's just how it went down. Second place was eight. And I think that's only because he went a little bit too hard on the, on the breadsticks. He might've had a little bit more room, but, uh, but, but as grand as of an accomplishment <laughs> as that was for me, I think the all-time champion of the refills is actually my mother. And it's not because she drinks a lot of refills, and my wife will attest to this. Never in my life have I ever seen her walk away from any restaurant without a refill in her hand. Either fast food or fancy. And yes, I categorize restaurants in two. 
There's fast food and then there's fancy restaurants. Those are the only two that exist. If it's fast food, before we leave, she goes up, gets a refill, takes a napkin, wraps it around the cup, I don't know why, takes it home, puts it in the fridge, never to be finished. And I don't even ever see her throw it away, it just eventually disappears one day. If it's a fancy restaurant, regardless again of what fancy restaurant, before she leaves, she will ask the server, may I get a, a to-go cup of, it's usually iced tea or, or Diet Coke, uh, of my beverage to go. And, and they, she's so sweet and polite, they're like, sure. And so they go and they find some to-go cup and she puts the napkin around it, puts it in the fridge, and there it is. So to me, she is the queen of the refills and she never leaves anywhere without making sure that there is ample more left for whatever she may need, even though I'm pretty convinced she's actually never uh, finished one of those. But isn't it good to know that you don't have to go through life just with one filling and making it last forever? That there are refills that you can get, and I, again, I'm, I'm past the point of talking about Pepsi right now, if you haven't figured that out yet. There are refills within your own life that you can get, and you don't have to worry about whether the one serving that you got from the Lord, or at church, or in your devotion time, or somebody prayed for you and it felt right, that that one serving has to last you a lifetime, or even a week for that matter. But I wonder why sometimes, and man, I've been guilty. I've done this so many times, I don't even know why. But I wonder why when it comes to our relationship with God and the life that we are called and empowered to live, why we allow ourselves to attempt to survive on one serving. And I hear this all the time, like, I, you know, I tried God. Anyone ever said that before? You don't have to call yourself out. I tried, I tried God. Yeah, I tried that church thing. I tried God. And you know what, it was, it was cool for a minute. But, but after a while, it kind of it wore off, it kind of emptied out, and, and so I don't really think it got, that God thing kind of faded away. But I just want to encourage you this morning, there is more than one filling God desires to provide uh, environment, atmosphere, opportunity for you to continually refill yourself so that you're not going around uh, rationing what God has put in you or uh, just operating on complete emptiness. But I will say this, emptiness creates space for a fresh filling. Emptiness creates space for a fresh filling. Somebody say fresh filling. Because God desires to do something in you that is fresh, that is new. This whole series that we're doing right now is called New Normal. And, uh, and so we're, we're excited about the direction that it has been going. We've got a few more weeks ahead of us that we're going to continue to dive into this. But I really hope, if nothing else, that you get the fact that God's not trying to do the same old thing that he has done in you. He's not trying to replicate old experiences. He's not trying to make you feel the way that you used to feel. He's trying to do something new inside of you. Can somebody say amen to that? So last week, last week we talked about how uh, when you embrace Jesus in your life as your source, his life actually becomes a, a, a self-refilling a spring of life inside of you that is bubbling up from within you, not from out coming in. It's from within you, interestingly enough, coming out of you. And so uh, you only catch, the only catch to this is that you have to be deliberate about recognizing what your true source is on a daily basis. Because I don't know about you, maybe you're a little bit more advanced than I am, but, but for me, there are things in life that happen sometimes from one day to the next 
where I actually forget that I have a life-giving source within me and I begin to live and act and think as if I'm doing it on my own or I'm trying to stretch out what God did in me before. Y'all don't deal with that, I'm just me. That's just me in my life trying to be transparent for somebody this morning. But listen, what fills us in God is his Holy Spirit. The very Spirit of God that was in Jesus and that raised him from the dead. Listen, this last week, I don't know if some of y'all, I know some of y'all got this because I got some responses. But I got what I felt was a prophetic message from the Lord to send out to, to our church, to those who have been here, to those that, that were willing enough to give us their email addresses. And so I sent this message out and I, and I told, I said, I don't know who needs this, if it's one person or a hundred people, but you need to know this morning that you are doing better than you think you are doing. You're not where you wanna be, but you're not where you used to be, okay? You're, you're in process and God is faithful. He is doing something. Even if, like we just saying, even if you can't see it, even if you can't feel it, God is still working. God is faithful. I gave everybody the scripture in Romans 8, chapter 8, verse 11. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and not just as, I'm sorry, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Come on, you need to know this morning that the spirit of God is in you. That's the Holy Spirit, which is the third and equally important part of the Trinity identity of God. It's not three gods, it's one God that has three manifestations of the one God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If that's hard to grasp, just think about yourself. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit, but you're still one person, right? I know sometimes you feel like you're, you're multiple persons, but I get that, I've been there. You're one person, God is one God, but he has three different powerful manifestations of who he is that are the nature of God to minister and reach the people in different ways. Jesus became God with us, but at the time Jesus was just Jesus in the flesh. So Jesus in the flesh couldn't be God in us, he could only be with us and only for a few people because he was one person in the flesh. But when he gave us his spirit, all of a sudden he became God within us. Meaning that we no longer had to live a life and walk around empty and unfilled and dry. and you know We didn't have to struggle anymore. We could rely on the ever replenishing Holy Spirit of God to be alive inside of us. <clears throat> In the Old Testament, it's kind of it's important to know how God has operated throughout humanity when it comes to his spirit. Because the Holy Spirit didn't just show up in the New Testament. That wasn't the first time that we see the Holy Spirit. You see the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament as well, before Christ had come, before that barrier of sin between humanity and God was demolished and we were able to come before God boldly. Even before that happened, you see the Holy Spirit showing up. But here's, here's the, the difference, here's what was different. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon people. That's an exterior word. It would come upon people, but it did not live within people. The Holy Spirit would come upon people and they would be able to prophesy and hear the voice of the Lord in moments. The Holy Spirit would come upon somebody and they would be able to do a great supernatural feat that God used to accomplish a purpose, whether it was you know, and this is cool to kind of look in the book of Judges, you see a lot of this, whether it's uh, Samson, you know, a lot of people heard the story of Samson, he had incredible strength and he would do ridiculous things and it would always say 
that the Spirit of God came upon Samson, and then he would do the things that God put in front of him to do. Or for, for King David, the Spirit would come upon him, and he would, you know, X, Y, and Z, he would do amazing things for God. But then the Holy Spirit in that season of history was not dwelling within people. Why? Because there still had not yet been the work of Christ to be the perfect sacrifice for our sin that would remove the barrier between us and what God really wanted, which was intimate relationship. So when Jesus went to the cross, I'm giving you a little teaching, is that okay right now? When Jesus went to the cross, what he did was he conquered death, hell, grave, he conquered sin, he conquered the things that keep distance between us and God so that we no longer had to have that distance. Now we could, it's not about spiritual people that have permission, it's about every single person that exists has permission to boldly approach and go after the presence of God. So here's the cool thing. Now, it's, it's good to be alive right now. And it may not seem that way if you turn on the news, I have a secret to that. Don't turn on the news. I don't care what it is, just ESPN, just keep it, keep it. Keep it simple. <clears throat> and Hallmark Channel. Anyway, that's for my wife. But now we don't have the limitations and the barriers that even the great names of old wish they had. We think about people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, David. You know, all these heroes that we see throughout the Old Testament, they looked for and longed for the day in which you now live. A day where they wouldn't just be able to interact with God from an external circumstance, but they would be able to be with God internally. We get to live in those days right now. Now, check this out. Now, uh, it's, it's important for us to get this, okay? The Holy Spirit within us can also come upon someone else when they are in an environment filled and charged with the presence of God. Now, let me, I need to, because we need to understand this. This is really important. If you're, like, for example, if you're here today, every week our church attracts and we invite friends and family. Doesn't matter if you know God, believe God, none of that. We just want to get you here because we believe this is a, if nothing else, it's a positive environment that's going to impact you in a positive way. You know, we desire to inspire purpose in your life and encourage, uh, encourage life and to build faith inside of you. And this is a church where you can belong before you believe, but you need to understand something, that, that if you are here and have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, uh, then you need to understand what we do here is for you. Everything that we do here is for you. It's for the one that feels disconnected, that feels hurt, that feels broken, that feels lost. That's, we're not doing this for religious people. We're not doing this for church folk. We're not doing this for regular attenders. We're doing this for you. And I hope that you can sense that. But, but you have to understand something about the, 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 the environment that you experience right here. You are surrounded by people, not perfect people, but just regular people. You're surrounded by people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, that our, our worship is charged with the Holy Spirit. And if you haven't received Christ as your Lord and your Savior yet, listen, you do not yet have the Holy Spirit within you, and you can't receive what the Holy Spirit yet wants to do in you. But check this out, because you can still be here, not sure if you believe all this stuff, but some, you feel something when you're in this atmosphere. That's the Holy Spirit upon you. If, if, if for lack of a better term, it, uh, term it, it's rubbing off on you in this environment. And you can feel it, you can experience it, you can see it, you can see the effects of the Holy Spirit happening around you. You can see people moved emotionally 
in worship. You can see people being prayed over and people, God doing something in people's life, and it can impact you. But until you allow the Holy Spirit to come and make his home inside of you, you are cutting off the source that wants to refill you on a daily basis. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tag this over to those that, that have accepted Christ and have received the Holy Spirit inside of you and, and, and even have taken that step to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you want more teaching on that, just hop back on our podcast when we did the, the Uncensored Holy Spirit series. You can do all that on your own. But you need to understand that just because you received the Holy Spirit once doesn't mean that you don't have to stir it up again. I can change the oil within my car once. Eventually, if I don't change and swap out and refresh and put new oil in my car, well, things are going to go bad. That engine is going to go dry, and eventually it's going to seize up because I did not continue to put something fresh inside of it. Do not continue. This a couple of weeks back. We talked about putting new wine into, a, into an old wineskin. Jesus says, don't do that because the new wine will, will cause the old wineskin to burst. It's already been stretched. It's already been maxed out. And, but I, I need you to have a new wineskin. So you are the wineskin. What the wine is is what God desires to do inside of you. And so we have got to get ourselves to a place where we are not um, separating ourselves from what God's trying to do because of the insecurities inside of us and we don't feel like we measure up and these are the spiritually elite over here. They're the ones that have the access. But I'm, I'm just over here, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy, you know, that, that, that maybe I won't get, go to hell. That's, that's kind of the reality of my existence where God's saying, no, no, you don't understand. I'm, I'm not the God of the spiritual elite. I'm the God of the down and out. I'm the God of the broken. I'm the God of the prostitute. I'm the God of, of the tax collector. I'm the God of the pimp. I'm the God of the drug dealer. I'm the God of the homeless. I'm not just the God of the elite living in the big houses, feel like they got everything made out. I'm the God of the real people. So when you begin to see yourself in that light, you begin to realize that there is not a real elitist atmosphere in the kingdom of God. People may act that way, but that's not who God is. God did not create religion, people created religion. God created a way to salvation and relationship. But ever since then, humanity has always been trying to make our own path, our own way, because we feel comfortable. The moment that we can do something that's comfortable for us, then we can, we can also justify our life and our process to get to God. But the moment that we have to acknowledge that God is real, that God's way was, is the best way because he's the one actually trying to make a way to have relationship with us. He's not sitting back looking at the rat race of humanity and see if the strong will survive and get to him first. No, he's actively pursuing all humanity with love and with grace. Something's got to change in the way that we think, though. we got to begin to see God differently, and we have to begin to see ourselves differently. Jesus changed everything when he stepped down from heaven. When he decided to take on the form, the Bible says to take on the form of a slave and to become a human and, and submitted himself to the will of, of, of our heavenly father all the way to the cross to die a criminal's death so that the ultimate plan of God for humanity could be unlocked and fulfilled so that we could receive the Holy Spirit and the refills of the Holy Spirit that come on the daily. Listen, 
Don't try to, don't try to make your, 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 your relationship with God, the strength of it, last from one Sunday to the next. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe it will work, but eventually even that's going to run dry. People, t- like, it's just not enough for me. I'm not getting fed. I'm like, I, I get there. There's, there's realities. I get that. But at the same time, we also have to cultivate something within us where we are on our own pursuing God on our own. That doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden become a Bible scholar and understand everything. That's not what we're talking about. But we have to have a drive and a hunger inside of us that brings us to a place where we're tired of waiting for somebody to do it for us. We are going to make things happen and pursue God on our own. We have got to get in. Uh, let's just say this. We, we've, there's a different way to say it. Real-time mental processing. We just have to realize that it's not God helping those who help themselves. That's, that's not it. That's not in the Bible. I see people, well, the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. I'm like, where? Where? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that, just by the way. Feel free to check it out later. Do your own word search. It doesn't say that. But there's this mentality that says, well, it's all about me doing what, accomplishing what needs to be done. No, it's about you recognizing reality of what you need and then pursuing the source that is going to give you what you need. Okay, okay, all right. That was much better than what was originally going on up here. So let me go back to the the key verse in the the scripture that we read to kind of start things off. So what was happening in Acts chapter four was Peter and John had... um, gone out and started doing what Jesus showed them how to do. And they, they saw a man who was begging for money outside of, of the temple grounds. And, and to kind of recount a little bit, basically they walked by and it says that Peter looked at the guy and made eye contact, locked eyes. And the, the beggar was probably like, oh, yep, here we go. I got a good one. I got eye contact, now we can't say no. And Peter says, I don't have what you're asking for. And his first thought is probably, well, then could you... Keep the line moving. Maybe somebody else does. He goes, but what I have I'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy who was and had been known forever, who was crippled, not able to move, not able to walk, it says he sprung up and and dancing and leaping and praising God. A miracle happened right there. Now here's the thing. The religious people, I don't know, I don't get why. The religious people always hate it when God starts moving. Maybe because it gets outside the realm of their control. It gets outside the realm of what they're comfortable with. But it says that they arrested, crazy enough, the, the religious people arrested uh, Peter and John, put them in prison, began to try them, wanted to persecute them, and, but they realized because of the miracle that just happened, if they did that, there'd be a revolt, and they were trying to get all political about it and, and how, what tweets to put out and who to send on the news conference and all that good stuff. Um, and they finally decided to let them go because it was in their best interest. You know, we can read that just kind of face value and kind of like, oh, it was no big deal. They kind of said, well, you know, just don't, okay, you can go, but just don't talk about Jesus anymore. And uh, in which they did say that. And Peter said, you really think that we are going to obey you over what God has told us to do? And he says, we will never, I just wish I had been there. We will, I don't think it was this polite. We will never stop talking about Jesus. You can't stop us. 
from talking about Jesus. We've seen what we've seen. We can't unsee what we have seen. We can't undo what we've seen God do. You don't understand, he was alive and then he died and then he rose and we saw him and we talked to him and we touched him and he's alive. He's not some religious figure, he's not a myth. We've experienced the reality of God and your threats will never stop us from communicating the reality of who God is to the world around us. That's a little bit of a paraphrase, but I'm pretty sure it was something just like that. And it says that when they left, they went back to the church. They went back to the people who were in a house praying. They were probably terrified, but they went back praying. And that's when that verse happened that we just read. And in verse 31, it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. That's, it's key because you got to understand just a couple of chapters before this, they were already filled with the Holy Spirit and the room already shook. And that's when the church was launched. And that's when 3,000 people were added to the church, saved and baptized that day. That's, that's when things begin to happen. So if all we ever need is one filling from God and that's what does it for us, then, then we are better than the early church was. Because two chapters later, we don't know how many days or weeks later, but they needed it again. And let me tell you, when you are living the new normal life and when you are becoming a new vessel, not an old wineskin, but a new vessel that the new things of God desires to fill, if you begin to do it right, it means that you are pouring out of you what God is putting into you. And if you are pouring out of you, what happens when you pour out something from a vessel? It's empty. It's empty. But here's the cool thing. This is where the analogy from the spiritual to the physical begins to diminish. Because what is inside of us, if the Holy Spirit is inside of you, if you have received not just the saving presence of the Holy Spirit, but I'm talking the the Holy Spirit reception and receiving and baptism that the early church experienced and laid out a model for us to continue to follow, you won't have to stay empty. You won't have to drum up a filling. It will begin to bubble up inside of you. The refill, can I get a refill? Come on, that's coming from within us. And if you're not experiencing that, then there's two things that I would encourage you to do. Number one, check your relationship with God. Have you made that confession of faith that Jesus Christ is God and that God raised him from the dead and that his his sacrifice on the cross is more than enough to forgive and cleanse and make new everything inside of you? If you have made that decision, then you need to make sure that you are taking the steps to tap into the uh, ever-present unlimited resource of the Holy Spirit within you. Don't think you have to become a better Christian to receive what God has for you. Don't feel like you have to memorize X X number of verses before you become qualified. Don't think that you have to, uh, you know, attain a certain spiritual status and then you become filled. No, God says he is faithful and those who call in his name will get a response. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock on the door, it will be answered. So don't try God and walk away. Keep coming back. New Living Translation actually says it this way, ask and keep on asking. It basically says, my translation, bug the snot out of God until something responds. Because here's what's going to happen. He's faithful. He will either fulfill your request or he will get a hold of your heart and change your heart so that you are lined up with what he's trying to do. We can't always see the thing. I'm so glad. Can Can I get an amen to this right now? Wait, I didn't say it. Wait, let me say it first. (laughs) Preemptive amen. I love preemptive amens. 
I am so glad that God has not answered all of my prayers. That's for real. It'd be a different life, a different world. Yeah, I won't say anything else about that, but it would be, it would be Garth Brooks nailed it on the head. He's like, some of God's greatest gifts. This is why my wife leads worship. Our unanswered prayers, you know. I may have just kind of rewrit it. I was a di- I was a different key. I was a completely out was that? That was good. But how many of you can attest to that? I'm so glad that God did not answer all of my prayers. Because when we're in the moment, we, we don't necessarily, all we can see or experience or feel in the moment is the, kind of the reality of what's in front of us, right? But when we get past those seasons and we get past those moments and past the hurt, past the brokenness, and we look back, we're like, ah, oh, okay, it all makes sense now. God, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that you didn't give me that relationship. I'm so glad that you didn't give me that job. I'm so glad that you didn't give me what I asked for in that season. I'm so glad that you delayed something that I was asking for in the moment. And so faith says, I'm going to trust what God's going to do regardless of the outcome that I see in the moment. Because listen, a, a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. You, we got to get this in our spirit. God's not, God's not a genie in a bottle. He's not looking for the Christina Aguilera relationship with God. I don't know if that, that's that reference too old. Anyway, some of y'all, all the boomers got it. Okay, all right. Somebody say refill. Here's a couple of things that God will refill. This is not exhaustive, but I'm just going to kind of blow through this. When we begin to rely daily on the Holy Spirit to refill us, we will go from exhaustion to energized. We will go from empty to fill. We will go from living for self to living for others. We will go from hate to love, from fear to faith, from brokenness to wholeness, from sadness to joy. Come on, from pettiness to purpose, from division to unity, from past, living in the past, to looking ahead to the future, from confusion to clarity. Come on, from lost to found. There's so much more that God desires to do inside of us. And so if you need a refill, listen, you need to take time and get alone with God. My schedule, my schedule. You're, you're gonna be empty. Your schedule's not gonna go away, but you might if you don't take time to get away and spend time with the Lord. Get away, ask him to refill you. Well, doesn't he already know? Yeah, but God likes a partnership. He likes a partnership. Fill yourself. We did that thing, we pray for, for, for people that are in the music industry in some way, shape, or form. Listen, this is not a religious thing. This is a wisdom thing. Fill your mind and your ears and your spirit with worship music. Like, well, I haven't found any. Well, you need to ask somebody. It ain't, worship music now isn't like it was when, personally, when I was growing up. They were, it wasn't bad then, but we didn't know. <laughs> and some of y'all know. But seeing, that's the beauty. I don't see any other religious focus creating life-giving sound that is drawing people to God. At a global level, we live in a day and age when, when a single church that almost 40 years ago started off with a handful of people in a broom closet on the bottom of the planet in Australia, now literally every single Sunday, tens of millions of people worship God singing songs that came from down under. There, there's no other religious movement that is producing a sound 
that is drawing people of every faith, every nation, every background together and bringing them not to a person, but to God. There's something so powerful about you investing in the time where you're allowing worship music that stimulates your spirit and your soul, which ultimately will stimulate your physical body, by allowing worship music that points your spirit and your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, directly to the Lord. Doesn't mean that every music that isn't saying Jesus is evil. I grew up that way, I get it. Some of y'all grew up that way, that's the devil. That was, you had Bobby Boucher syndrome in the church. That music is the devil, Bobby Boucher, you know. And so, and I get now, some of it is, but I'm just saying, when I grew up, it was, it was all the devil, if it didn't, you know, had a scripture verse in it. And even sometimes then, too, anyway. He's like, well, I don't like that song. That song's the devil. Anyway, I got to stop with that. Get yourself filled with the things that are going to feed your spirit. The things that we see, the things that we listen to, the things that we allow ourselves to speak, the things that we put our time, our schedule, our energy, the thing that we put our finances into. Are we, are we participating with the things that God is actively participating with himself? Because when we do, we will begin to tap into that unlimited refill. Somebody say, can I get a refill? Come on, listen, I don't know about you. My favorite day of the week is Sunday, and it's not because it has to be. It's not because I'm a pastor, so I have to like Sunday. No, I like Sunday because I know that regardless of the craziness of Monday through Saturday, that I'm going to be in an environment that isn't just charged by my efforts, but it's going to be charged by the collective efforts of people that are hungry and passionate and seeking after God. We get to worship God together. We get to see God move in other people. We get to see our spirits energized and charged. If nothing else happens at church, it should be inspiring and motivating you and charging you from Monday through Saturday. We are the church on Sunday, and we're faithful to what we do in this environment on a weekly basis because we need it Monday through Saturday. And actually, it's not always about us, just to kind of throw that in there. Sometimes we need to be here because God's putting something in us that needs to rub off on somebody else. And the more that we tap into that, and the more that we begin to do the things that God has called us to do together, we begin to champion and see what God's going to do outside of us. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.